You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Josh Sauerman. Josh is a fantastic actor, and I am thrilled he agreed to come on the podcast. Josh was at the Chautauqua Summer Theater Program during grad school with Frankie, and then he graduated from Columbia the same time I graduated from Juilliard, and our paths have always crossed. We were in two shows together in a row two years ago, and it was such a pleasure. He's an artist who's just a joy to be in a room with. He's a great collaborator and such a wonderful performer. I am a huge fan. I hope you enjoy the 33rd episode of The Compass. Okay. Well, Josh, thank you very, very much for talking with me. Certainly. Very excited. So let's just start with the easy question. <laughs> What do you do to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Oh my. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> and yet, as much as I can. I figure it's better just to dive in at the deep end, and then we'll do easy questions later. Yeah, do it. I don't know. I, I feel like, for me, I, there are so many different kind of shades of the dark place. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, of course, I think there are a bit more manageable and other times they they sort of feel overwhelming um i think that i think as any actor you, you sort of there's something about the dark place that you can kind of romanticize a little bit you know hmm. that in a way you know that this is something that you're pursuing because you absolutely love it and it's not an easy thing to do and so, you know, over the years, you kind of come to terms with the fact that it's going to be hard. Just how hard, though, it's, <laughs> it's like not a thing that I think you can really ever plan for until you actually experience it. And so, you know, every single, you know, day I wake up and it's like I have to check in with myself about what I'm doing, sort of what I want to be doing, and where the difference is, where, you know, how do I get from point A to point B. I think at the worst times that I've been in that dark place, it just seems like there's no way from point A to point B, you know, right. uh, or that it's such a tough road 
to, to take to get there. And I think, you know, eventually I've, I've gotten into a place where I've been able to tell myself as much as I think that there's no way, there's a way. It's just that maybe the, the way is sort of the interesting part. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think I also do a little bit of telling myself that always when you sort of think that you're at the point B, <laughs> that it's not what you expected. It's never quite what you expected. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of learning how to roll with the punches. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like that, that self-doubt that you feel the sort of that I'm this kind of sham artist, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I'm, God, it's like when you're in, when you're in grad school or acting school or wherever, and you get told for the first time, you know, you, I, I feel like you're playing at something, but <laughs> you're not, you know, playing the action of the scene or, or playing, you know, the stakes or, or, you know, thinking about what you really want as, as a character. I feel like that in life so often, you know, that I, I, I feel like I, this is a life that I know is going to be hard. And that if I just try hard enough, that somehow it will kind of fit together and it'll go. Right. But I do. I kind of feel like a fraud. Yeah. No, I feel that way too sometimes. And you have to kind of check in with yourself and be like, wait, (laughs) what are the things that I've, what were those moments that I told a story and people really got something from it? Or like I connected with a room of people or I connected with the other person on stage and like that I didn't make that up. That happened. Even if it hasn't happened recently and you start to feel like maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe nobody ever told me, but it's like, Oh, you have to kind of remember that those things existed. Even if since it's theater, it disappears afterwards. I think that's kind of a weird thing about what we do. Yeah. Well, it's like walking into an audition room all the time. And you know, sometimes it's great. And sometimes you leave feeling great. And sometimes it's not. And most of the time, you don't end up booking it. And so you have that feeling of, am I just, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, am I just crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any, like, concrete things that you turn to when you're feeling that way? What are the kinds of things that you try to build into your daily life that help you wrestle with those thoughts? person who really tries to set goals for mm-hmm. myself and and so in more of sort of a macro than kind of micro like what how you know again trying to navigate that point point A to point B so I feel like a lot of times uh, just just doing that just saying okay so what what is a possible next step I find this I, I was actually talking to my roommate about this before uh, mm-hmm. about how, you know, she, she uh, works uh, for uh, an unnamed large tech company. Uh-huh. Uh, and she, <laughs> but she struggles with that because it's not something that she wants to probably do for the rest of her life. But she's also, she doesn't quite know what it is that she wants to do. Hmm. And so we, we will always have these conversations. And, and a lot of times it's great because having somebody else to sort of talk about, and even somebody who 
is having a completely different experience uh, it, it, to sort of reaffirm those things that you believe yourself. And I think a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm saying to her, you know, I know that you don't know what that that sort of far off in the distance, what that goal is yet, but you're not exactly happy right now. So what is a step that you could take that maybe might make you a little bit happier? And then somebody <laughs> said that out loud. is like, oh, great. You know, that's, that's what I should Right, do. I should take that advice yeah. too. So I, I find a lot of comfort in hmm. having those, those conversations and, and, and hashing it out. I'm not exactly, like I'm not a hugely... I don't know, sort of talkative or, or uh, I, I guess I don't know how to put that, but like I, I, I keep a lot sort of to myself uh -huh. and I think that with the people that I'm close with, that it's really great to have those kind of conversations uh, because really you can just sort of cut through all the crap, you know, cut through all the... With the people that you trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really get down to sort of brass tacks about what is it that you want out of life and, and how is it that, you know, you can, you can get there. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool and, and, and great. And that's, I think how I, I get myself out of it. Um, I find also just, uh, you know, being able to, to sort of, uh, you know, relax and leave it behind at the end of the day, you know, um, a hard day of like working my day job and then going to an audition that maybe felt great and maybe didn't but having something that's completely separate from that I've done a little bit of cooking and baking which <laughs> is weird because I never really did that before really yeah yeah and the internet is a fantastic it's place. soothing right yeah I love bake I mean I don't cook as much as I should but baking it's just right. great because you're doing something with your hands. Yeah. You can kind of half think about something, half not. Right, right. And and kind of learn a new skill and sort of along mm -hmm. the way. Um, and then I, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I um, went through probably one of the darkest periods, uh, which, I mean, so it's, it's a whole sort of story about uh, sort of having gotten involved in a job that just, or in a couple of jobs that really, it was great because I was finally feeling secure, mm -hmm. but then I had sort of lost sight of what I really wanted to be doing, and I wasn't happy, but I wasn't at a point where I could really say, it's, it's time to, to sort of refocus. Right. Um, so, you know, the period after that and sort of making that conscious decision to leave was really tough and in the months that followed it was really tough because then you know I didn't really have any money again mm -hmm. uh, and at some point I, I remember I had gone home to see well I had actually so we had a, like a family gathering uh, over in the fall a couple of years ago and I remember just seeing my cousins my cousins who all live in the south and are like married, they got married very young, like beautiful, big, you know, picturesque, or kind of <laughs> life, and they have, you know, kids, and they're great, uh -huh. and uh, so I had, uh, and they had like, like these you know, lovely dogs, and I, it made me realize, because I grew up with dogs, how much I 
absolutely like missed that sort of brand companionship. Uh huh. Like the no frills, like there's no pressure, you know. Uh, so I set out like after I got back, I'm like I'm gonna go adopt a dog. <laughs> That's so I spent about a month, and then at the Humane Society, I found uh, a, a dog, little, little Beckett. <laughs> after the playwright of course but uh yeah i mean that's cool too because again it's just he's the greatest and he's such again you come home after the worst day and you're just there like hanging out like so happy to see you know? <laughs> oh, so i mean that i think i i have to really give him credit that really yeah kind of helped me you and beckett yeah yeah that's awesome Um, can we talk a little bit about the financial side of it and how you have been navigating that since grad school? Yeah. Kind of balancing the spending too much time on a day job or having enough money to pay your rent while you're looking for acting work. I just, I remember, uh, so I graduated back in 2009. Yep, same as me. (laughs) That's right. And, uh, I had, like, literally you know, you get to that point where there, there is just nothing. There is no money. Like, the, there is no money in loans. There's nothing coming mm-hmm. in. You've paid your last bit to, to this school, and that's it. And I was just, you know, I, I had trouble finding a job. I mean, before that, I had come, uh, I was living in Philadelphia and worked a number of jobs and then was working a little bit professionally and which was bringing in a bit of money, but then the grad school thing happened, and, uh, you know, it wasn't so much of a worry anymore, and then it just, again, it's like real life, and there's really no school left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I started looking for a job. I, I was also, so I worked with computers before, mm-hmm. and when I was an undergrad, and sort of here and there, I had done some office work, so I temped for a little bit. Um, I ended up working at Apple. That's right. Yeah. And and that was the kind of thing where I was like, I'm just going to, like, it's going to be a part-time thing, and I'm going to be auditioning, and it's going to be fine. And it was for a bit. And I remember the first thing that I was offered was out of town. Uh, It was something that was actually in Philly. And I had my apartment in New York at the time. It wasn't for a terribly long period. Um, it, the pay was very low. Right. <laughs> and it was the, like, the, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't justify doing it. And that was the first thing that I knew, like, this was going to be a lot harder than anybody could have ever said, you know. Um, so. It's I, so complicated to deal with all of those puzzle pieces. And, and back then, I mean, it's not like. I don't know, it seemed like subleasing was, I don't know, maybe it's the same now, it was difficult, but then also you have to consider, like, my, my roommate at the time, it's, you know, yeah. just sticking him with somebody else would have been kind of a, a crappy thing to do. Um, so I, you know, I ended up not taking it, and then what happened was, like, I, I started working, and I started working more, and then the money got better. 
was like, okay, and, and I would, um, I worked at the, the, the one on Fifth Avenue, which is 24 hours. Right. Which it was actually good because there were several projects that came up along the way that I could actually kind of shift my schedule around so that I could still work. But then also, like, I, you know, I remember one of the shows that I did with Perone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, I basically said to them, like, I, I, I really want to do this. It's really important. It's at the end of a, one of the summers there. And they were like, okay, well, we can put you on overnight for a couple of uh, months. So I was like, great. That's great. <laughs> totally like weird experience that just completely messes with uh, biological function and uh, were you sleeping at all? Oh, so what would happen is I would work so it was four days a week but there were 10 hour shifts Oh my! which usually ended up That's... being like 11, 12 sometimes 13 hours that you and so I would work uh, starting at like 9 or 10 at night work, go home sleep as much as I could, which usually amounted to, I mean, it's, it's hard to fall asleep, you know, as soon as you get home at like nine, right? Uh, usually probably 10 o'clock in the morning and then to get up, go to rehearsal, then go, uh, again to work. And so it was crazy. Um, but I did it and I felt like I, I felt so good about doing it. You know, at the, at the time I know that I was killing like my body was just so out of right and, um, but you are doing both things at the same time yeah, yeah yeah and I was like I can do this I can be financially secure and I can do this other thing you know but but, but then it happened but, you know a number of times where it was just like it, it was getting far more difficult to balance those things um, I ended up getting promoted so I was a technician there and then I ended up getting promoted to like a what's like the one of the lead technicians mm-hmm. which was good money, you know, like really good money, uh, and health insurance and benefits and all this. Oh my God. Uh, but it really just destroyed my, you know, uh, ability to, to go out and, um, audition and, and do things like that. And, and so, you know, I, I mean, I did scattered projects here and there and, and that stuff. And I was really unhappy. I did that for several years Yeah. and I was really unhappy and then decided uh, I was kind of unhappy with being there just because it was so busy and I'm like, I have a hard time with that. I'm so curious who comes into the Apple store at three in the oh morning. Oh, the craziest characters. The craziest characters. Uh, you should write a play about that. There are so many blogs and websites for people. Really? Oh yeah. Like genius horror story. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but so I, I ended up I left there because another uh, one of the guys that we used to work with worked for this startup, and you know that's like the startup culture in New York is also this kind of, like, kind of attractive thing. And for somebody who's like, I'm also into tech, you know, like, okay, well let's try this, and maybe this will be a little bit more flexible. I mean, they had sort of the promise of like unlimited time off and you know some uh, great benefits for with that, and I did that. And it wasn't. I mean, it was it was great, and the people were really nice, and it was fine. And I did that for the better part of a year, and it just didn't get me any sort of control over right. your time and stuff. Exactly. And I, I got to the end of uh, the, my sort of time there, where I was really feeling uncomfortable, 
this is actually where the food plan comes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the food play, which you've talked about in the podcast. I have, yeah. We had uh, um, the director, Perone, was on. Nick Chokesy was involved with that, too. He's been on. Yep. So that was something that we had worked on for... You were involved in it way before I was. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I got involved. So they had the first couple of, uh, you know, sort of pass-throughs of, of the script. And then Perone uh, had brought me in. for, And then I did the readings for several years. <laughs> You know, every six months or so, we do another, you know, down at like New York Table Workshop or, or something. And so I had, uh, I had gotten to the point where it was going to be incredibly difficult. We had raised this money. Well, when I say we, I mean, <laughs> had raised this yes. money for us to do a full production of this play. Uh, and, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting there one night just so cool and so like happy with the, with the way it's going and what, what we've sort of decided to do with it and everything. And then there's work and how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this work? And I had this, I called prone and I'm not like a super emotional person, but I, you know, it just started out. I'm like, Perone, I don't think I can do this. It just broke down. And doing that, she, you know, she was incredibly understanding, and she was like, you know, I just want you to take some time. I just want you to think about like this decision that you're making, and the fact that you know you've been with the project for so long, and and uh, I mean, I just basically spent the next couple of days, you know, thinking, oh my God, what do I do? And I woke up one morning, and I was like, I this is it, like this. This is it. If it, you know, I have to make this decision, and I have to be willing to accept the consequences. Uh, called her. I was like, I'm going to do it. Went in, and I said, I'm, I had to give my notice at my job. Oh my gosh! And uh, without really a plan, maybe not the smartest thing to do. Uh -huh. But I knew that it was something that I had to do for myself. That you had to prioritize. I had to do for myself. Yeah. So. Actually, before I uh, left the job, I think we were in rehearsal, and I had I had mentally made that decision. Mm -hmm. I don't think I told them until um, probably we did the show in what June? I think, yeah, I think so. Something like that. So I probably told them, and then I had my last day in July mm -hmm. that, that year, and so that was kind of the, the beginning of the oh shit, what do I do now? Because <laughs> um, I didn't really have anything, and so I as one does, like you go cater and you'd go do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, eventually I found my way to, you know, Shakespeare uh, and um, got around the same time that I worked that I got a, another uh, job at a startup, but it was like part time. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I am today. It's like just taking those skills, but also doing it on my terms, you know, doing it on my terms and understanding that like, the goal is still the goal, and that this sort of thing is is um, you know needs to an end. So the the most recent job has been able to be a little more part time, so you can. Yeah, I mean it's gotten a little bit more like. <laughs> but you came into it. Were you just very clear with them when you started that like this is my main? Yeah, I was. 
this is my main thing. So, so basically, I'm going to work for you when I'm working for you, but I'm, my goal is yeah, this. It was, so this is, here's the key. Okay, <laughs> anybody, any advice Perfect. This? Great. Do Excellent. it. Here's the thing. So you go into it with the, I, I mean, I was starting out as like doing quality assurance and stuff, and I had, I was overqualified for what I was going in for, but I knew that I could, you know, bring something to it, and also it was, it was enough flexibility. It was a couple days a week. And so I said, you know, and I, I made no bones about it, and it was a couple days a week, and I was like, we can, we can totally work this out. It's great. I bring this set of skills, uh, and it was cool. And basically, you do that. And I, I, I wasn't saying that it wasn't important to me, because, you know, I, I was coming into it, like I said, just um, very clear about sort of uh, what, what I could help them to do, you know, as, as a, what I could contribute. And then you sort of get into this place where you can prove your worth. You know, you can sort of go above and beyond in the times that you have to do that, uh, which I did. And what ended up happening was that I just kept getting more and more responsibilities um, in in the job. And, um, you know, my, my role completely changed into something else. But it was always with this understanding. And, and they came to me and said, you know, we can you put in more time? Like, can you, can you do this? And, and I would always say, yes, but I, I just need that. What is important to me is the flexibility. Right. What is that if that I have something come up, exactly. you're going to be understanding like about that's, that. That's the most important thing to me. And, and so, you know, it's allowed me to go and audition and do stuff like that. But I also work really hard when I'm there. And I work even hard when I'm not there. Like, I also spend some time working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I, you know, I put in time after, after hours. Um, but like I said, I think if I can give anybody any sort of advice when it comes to that is especially like, I, I don't think I'm cut out in a lot of ways to do like, uh, waiting tables and stuff like that. I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's just not like, it's, 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 I don't know. It's not easy for me. So, you know, when you have something like this, it's, you can you can do this. You you hear so many actors now who are talking about like getting tech jobs, and and uh, that it really affords them like some flexibility. There's a, um, a couple actors I know have become like programmers and can do that hmm. sort of in their off time. Uh, one of the guys who the guy who did my headshots the last time uh, is like does websites and does like programming and stuff like that. Oh, I wish I had that skill. I, I know, I mm-hmm. know, I know. It's it's not impossible to. It's never too late. To that's get those true. Skills, that's true. You know, if that's something that I, I would say that if you can kind of, um, I don't know, have your cake and eat it too a little bit. If that's something that that excites you, um, it's it's like a cool place to be in because, in a way, I mean, that's like a huge industry. Yeah. You know? And it's only going to get bigger. And do you think because of the technology, which kind of allows you to work from anywhere at any time, that maybe that's why you can find a little more flexibility that you don't always have to be like nine to five in those kinds of kinds of jobs? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it, you know, this by far, I mean, when I was at Apple, that's like a, that's like a retail thing. I mean, that's like a, you know, nine to six kind of a thing or but, but, but I mean and what I mean by that is like you gotta be there right you gotta physically there, you gotta be doing it right um, and so I just find myself like that's that 
if you can find a job that also, I think, when you're looking for that way to sort of make some money, it's great if you can find something that is sort of stimulates another part of your brain. Mm-hmm. That you know? isn't totally mindless. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up? So, <laughs> it's such today. a unique, unique place. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in the Florida Keys, actually. So uh, my mom and dad uh, are originally from Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and they grew up there and lived there, you know, for quite a while. And then we had, uh, when I was very young, before I can remember, we had lived in Ohio, and then we moved out um, to New Mexico. My for uh, briefly while for my dad. He, career kind of took us there Mm -hmm. and then took us down to Florida and uh, I was it's a very unique experience growing up in Florida but then in the Florida Keys it's just such a very specific tiny place and it's a very unique culture very different I would say than sort of what I've been accustomed to you know since I've I've lived in the Northeast Mm -hmm. Um, it's very it's sort of like, it's the South, but it's not the South, the South that we think of the South, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, I had family, uh, most of my cousins were in Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of I spent time there. So, like, I, I know that South. It's a completely different brand of South. <laughs> a lot of people go down there to sort of escape the hustle and bustle of uh, life pretty much anywhere else. And so, I mean, I... Hard for me. I kind of don't like, and maybe maybe Florida did this. I don't really know. But I don't really like the heat all the time. Um, <laughs> you had an, like, you had enough of it. I did. I, mm-hmm. I did. I have. I think. <laughs> uh, I I'm not a huge like water person. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I you know fished a little bit and went out on boats and stuff like that. But that's for the kids. That I grew up with that were really into that. Oh my God, living in a place like that's great. Right. Uh, I was, I was not. And so I, I think I always kind of felt a little bit like, I remember getting to the age where I could finally be like drive. Uh, and it was like this whole new world because suddenly uh, Miami was an hour away. Mm-hmm. And so if you could get in a car, you didn't have to rely on some of these parents yeah. to drive you an hour to go do something cool and, you know, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Um, Did you see a lot of, um, like, arts in Miami when you were growing up? No. No, I didn't. I mean, I... It, it's, it's really tough. I, a lot of people talk about... Um, you, you know, Miami's, like, an interesting place. And I think it's still sort of young-ish and is sort of finding out its cultural identity. And there are a lot of cool great places to go and really interesting you know Miami Beach and like, all the Art Deco stuff there mm-hmm. and, and uh, but I, I think as a kid I was sort of too preoccupied you know dealing with the stuff that kids deal with <laughs> uh, that I didn't and, and plus like I said by the time I was able to go up there by myself like, yeah, that's the time where starting to get ready and go to college and mm-hmm. you know make all those preparations I was a huge nerd in in high school like I I remember I did all of these activities 
like as many activities as I could possibly fit into my schedule. I was in, I was in the band, <laughs> in the marching band. I was, what did you play? Uh, so I was a drummer. Ah, the, that's uh, right. Yeah, I was the drum captain of the marching band for a while. Oh my goodness. Uh, did, I played some trumpet. Um, and then now I'm having the flashback to the Food Odyssey yeah, where you, Odyssey you did friend. end up playing the trumpet and the drums bit. a little bit. <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I had to play the violin, and I was like, (laughs) I stopped playing the violin when I was about 13, and I've been made to play it in plays all throughout college, grad school. (laughs) I still don't play it, but I can remember just enough to do some simple tune, and people will always figure out a way to put it in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. They do. I wish I had kept with it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did everything from, like, on the student council, uh, did model UN mock trial, did <laughs> which is, I feel like, something that would only happen in Florida. Um, it's like an environmental competition. <laughs> I remember we had to specialize in something. I feel like my, my specialty was orienteering. Like, <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. I, I had no... You know, I quit. It's very Boy Scouty of you. And I quit the Cub Scout. <laughs> I quit. I think I got to Weeblo, and then I, I bailed. Yeah. That. That, was, that was a long time ago. But so did you go to undergrad? Did you major in theater? Or, I well, mean, you what, that didn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you went to undergrad. Yeah. Did you major in theater in undergrad? Uh, so, yes, I did. <laughs> so I ended up, I, yeah, I went to school uh, at the University of Pennsylvania in Philly, and... I uh, went for computer science. I was, that was my, I'm going to college and I'm going to get my computer science degree. <laughs> uh, and I went and I remember it was, it, you know, it was incredibly difficult as one obviously finds most of the time the transition between high school and college and especially, you know, coming from a place that I didn't, hadn't really done any you know, much, much programming when I was, you know, younger and, and sort of having to deal with that. And, you know, I'm sure taken calculus, but this was a different brand. Of, I, it, was, it was it was a lot. And I remember I had a, I took a writing course. It was writing about science and engineering. It's required. You have to, as a freshman, take a writing course. And we had uh, this uh, visiting professor from Princeton come in, and she was incredibly nurturing, also very tough on a writing, but, you know, and it was really cool to sort of understand through that, that I think that's sort of more where my interests Mm. uh, were, and I mean, I spent a year in that, and then I said, I I just can't do this, Um, and so I transferred from the School of Engineering to the college, and uh, then I went. (laughs) <laughs> I went I started, I took astronomy, I took anthropology, anything that starts with an A, apparently. <laughs> um, and then I started really getting involved in theater yeah. when I was there. And that's sort of what led me to that. So I was a, I, I actually graduated in double major uh-huh. um, in anthropology. Oh, cool. And uh, English, theater, theater arts English, it was an offshoot of the English department, essentially. Uh-huh. So... Well, those are very related fields. Yeah. Well, that's what I said, but 
I remember having to have this conversation multiple times with people are like, what? I, it just seems like it's so different. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, it's the study different. of human yeah. civilization, right. human nature. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was more of a, uh, I sort of, they, they have like tracks that you can take. So one of them is archaeology, one of them is sort of much more about uh, sort of biology related. And I was a cultural because mm. my first class that I took was cultural anthropology, and I loved it. Yeah. You know, the professor was just so engaging in the kinds of discussions that we had. It was just, you know, blew my mind. I never even knew about anthropology. College before. is the best. It is. <laughs> so Get to learn things, yeah. talk to people. Exactly. Um, so what did your family make of your kind of change in direction? Mm. Um, just <laughs> a little emotional about it. Yeah. A little today, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just anything that I've I've wanted to to sort of pursue. Um, you know, you can't like they just like you know they're so supportive. And That's wonderful. Yeah, it, and it, it doesn't matter as long as you're happy. You know, infused with that reality of there are things that you have to do to, you know, live and, you know, pay rent and stuff like that. But, right. Um, I went through, I mean, again, when I was in school, I started out in one thing, I switched, I didn't know what I was doing, and then I was this major, and then I decided to add this major onto it. And, you know, it's like, okay. All right. <laughs> Let's figure out how to do it. I mean, incredibly lucky. Incredibly lucky when it comes to that. And have they gotten to see um, much of your your acting work? Yeah. Yeah. My, my uh, whenever they can, uh, uh, they will come up and see. I mean, I, I can't. There, there are several, I mean, there are a few things along the way that they haven't been able to. It's, it's a lot to come I remember your mom came for the food odyssey, right? Oh, my God. But yes. did she come up for Drunk Alvania? Uh, she they didn't make it. To, they didn't make it to Drunk Alvania, I think. Yeah. Um, her, her, her and Fran, I think, came up for... Uh, yeah, they did definitely come up for, for uh, the food odyssey. Um it's just like any time it could when I was acting in Philly I said a lot of the shows that I did in undergrad again I did a lot of like, student theater mm-hmm. questionable theater you know, <laughs> stuff like that they were always there um, when I was at Villanova uh, they came to see I think all of these shows that I was in and uh, just incredibly supportive it's amazing yeah what does your mom do? so uh, my mom she worked for uh, she worked for a hospital okay. she used to be years and years ago uh, she used to be a phlebotomist and she used to work I think with like uh, EMT okay. folks and then um, her and my father split when I was about 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and 
she didn't really have much of a, a career uh, at that point, and so we had moved in uh, with Fran, and uh, she, my mom ended up uh, going back to school when she was in her early 40s. Wow. And uh, she ended up getting, uh, she studied to be a radiologic technologist. Wow. So now, you know, for the last 25 years, she's been working as a, a radiologic technologist. She's at, at MRIs. She's so great with people. Yeah. You know, she's fantastic. And now she's finally getting to the point where, you know, she's, she's hit that age. Yeah. She's, you know, written from the finish line. <laughs> Retiring yeah. soon. And, and I, I mean, it's great. I, I'm very, very happy for her. Mm. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Drunk Shakespeare? Yes. So Josh and I did Drunk Vanya together two years ago, which you guys may have heard me talk about with Lori Walter Hudson. She directed that with her company, Three Day Hangover. And it was so great just because it was actually right after we did the Food Odyssey. And I love nothing more than being in a play with Josh because you're just the best. And you're the best ensemble member and we have a good time. Um, but Lori and David and Beth's company, Three Day Hangover, does these classic plays in bars, and it was it was great. But they have something else that they're involved in called Drunk Shakespeare that they don't really produce, but they directed the show, designed the show for this company, right? Um, and now you're in that, and it's it's long running, and you've been doing it for a long time. Like, yeah. what has that been like? I've never been involved in something that's been so long running. <laughs> How many how many days a week do you do it? You guys rotate, I know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it depends on sort of the time of the year and how many. As I, I think I said, we we had just moved down into a new space. That's right. Um, and part of the reason we did that was because the space that we had was smaller, uh, and so they wanted to. They, we were getting pretty good houses, and we had a number of really positive write ups and different things. So so we moved down to that. But I mean. You know, there there have been certain times when it's been, you know, six times a week doing it. Um, uh, and, I mean, we recently had some, we had to you know, basically open it up and bring a few new cast members into it, which is really exciting because they can bring new life to, to the project. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, I, I, I it's been anywhere from, you know, three or four performances a, a week now, which is... Which is good because, again, with my job and, and auditions, and right? Stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's tough to balance that, but it's it's been it, it's been such a. I remember when we were doing the food play, uh -huh. we went to see it when it was at Quinn's. Yes. And it had uh, so, and I remember <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was raucous. It was fun. Um, it was unlike, I think, most sort of theater experiences. You know, there were parts that were just, like, so kind of in your face, but it sort of took Shakespeare and yeah, made it, I think, accessible for a lot of people, maybe, who don't go see Shakespeare all right. the time. And, um, and there was a sort of significant... It was like a play with the, the, the act between the actors, and there was, you know, sort of moments that could only happen at that time with that group of people, you know. Right. Um, and so that was... The kind of, of improv element with yeah. the audience and everything. Exactly. And I felt 
like once we did when we did Rumpelpania, it's like it was awesome to sort of combine those things, but it was in sort of a more structured yeah way, and yeah, you know, we sort of it, it, it wasn't anybody really getting tanked except the <laughs> except, except for on that closing <laughs> night. <laughs> yes. When that uh, drunken birthday party showed up. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't like I hadn't ever had that experience when I went into it before, because I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing that happens every once in a while. Right. But, uh, yeah. I So that, you know, that happened, and that sort of, uh, after that ended, um, several months went by, and they ended up getting, uh, you know, posting something. And I was like, I, yeah. Just really want to be out there and, and doing something, and, and you know, kind of feeling excited and, and jazzed about about being a part of something. And so I went in and auditioned, and the rest is history. <laughs> it's been it's been great. It's been tough sometimes. Uh, never, I don't think to this point, you know, there's a lot of discussion about this sort of interaction with the audience, it, even when you're in school, like they, they're uh, sort of an integral part of what you're creating, it's that energy, you know, that sort of exchange that happens between an actor and an audience, and that you're sort of always on some level aware uh, of that relationship, um, and this is like right in your face, I mean, you see everyone, you know, you're, you're there, you have to talk to them. Yeah, they're being very vocally responsive. Those lines are blurred between yeah. sort of fantasy and reality, but then it's great because you can sort of play with people's expectations because of that. Right. So, and that is interesting that the couple of times I've come to see it, it is a big crowd of people who maybe don't go to the theater. Yeah. And then you get, like, the random Shakespeare buffs who are also just excited to see it, which, great. Um, I remember the night that we came to see you in it, there was some girl who kept, like, saying the lines along with Lady Macbeth, I think. (laughs) And she was like, just let me do it. I think it's such a, that must be slightly challenging, but also exciting, because a lot of the times, especially when we're doing small theater in New York, we end up just having audiences of other theater people. Yeah of other actors or creatives is the people that you know and they come to see the show. Right. And it's always a goal to be more and more inclusive, but I think sometimes it can be a shock when you're like, oh, this this is somebody who we have nothing in common, yeah. but they decided to come to the show and now we're all in a room together drinking and <laughs> let's go. Yeah. 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 Let's do it's it. kind of great. Let's embark on this adventure together. Just yeah. off of Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally <laughs> off Broadway, but no, it's been it's been a really cool experience, and those those moments, like you know, you learn so much about how, like I don't know, expectations that people come in to to the theater with. You know, they they come in, I think, thinking maybe this is going to be a hot mess, or we're just going to see somebody get wasted, and you know, and then there are the people that sort of don't really know what to expect and then there are the people you know the Shakespeare buffs too but getting to sort of see how you can craft every single performance to sort of play with everybody's expectations it's really cool it it gives you a lot a lot to go on you know 
I think, a lot to take out and, and, and sort of bring to other, other experiences. Do you find it's changed the way you audition? Yes. Just having that kind of like workout several times a week of, yeah. of really having to be on your toes like that. Uh, I will say that it's given me far more of a sense of going into a room and just being part of my French, but fuck it. <laughs> you know, there's so much pressure, and especially at those times that you find you're not going out as much as you want to be going out. Mm-hmm. And so when something does come along, it's like, okay, you sort of have those expectations there. Um, and when you can, but the best, I think the best times, the best auditions that I've had are the ones where I can go in and just be like, I'm, I'm going to do what I've, I've set out to do, and you you can like it or you can not like it. Right? You can cast me. You cannot cast me, but this is what I've got. This is what I'm working with. Right. You know? So, yeah, it's it's given me a lot more freedom, I think, uh, when I step into an audition room to just fuck it. That's awesome. Right, do you write? Are you a writer? Yeah. Um, I've had sort of, you know, it sort of ebbs and flows in, in that way that uh, a lot of, when I was at Villanova, which is, I have, this is where I got my first master's degree, uh, <laughs> in theater. Uh-huh. Uh, I took uh, playwriting uh, there with a great playwright uh, by the name of uh, Michael. done like a lot of great stuff and in and, 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 and around Philadelphia has had like some great productions of his work and, and elsewhere too, even in New York. Um, but sort of really got me interested in, in that and, and just, you know, so when I have written in the past, most of the time it's been kind of for myself as an outlet. Right. You know, it's one of those things that I, I do because I just kind of want to tell a little story here and there. Um, and then when I was uh, in our, fir- our first year, when I was at Columbia, we got together in the summer and uh, decided to create like this ensemble project. And so we had sort of generated some content and material and created a little bit. And my job sort of toward the end of the process was to help take all of these things and sort of put them together into some sort of narrative, which I love. But then, you know, you get busy, busy with everything else and I, I was really off on a high at the end of that, and then, you know, it, it sort of, uh, I, I had to let it go after a while. So recently, I would say since, um, you know, since I left that, that job and sort of had that, that time, uh, I've been writing more and more. Um, I was also writing with Patrick for the, uh, oh, that's right. back and forth for a little while. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going full force and, yeah. you know, writing, yeah, he's, every time I talked to him he's talking about like I've got to read some of his stuff like you know screenplay work and yeah that's uh, great yeah so this is one of Josh's grad school classmates who I did a summer program with that's great yeah so it's encouraging but yeah I mean it's just nice because it's something you can do on your own when you when you're feeling like there's not an apparent step forward or something concrete you can do this week or something right right. I would like to get to a point where I Yeah. A little bit. I'm, I'm still 
still got that own self-conscious part yeah. um, that I, I think I've gotten over in my acting, but in writing, it's just a different, you know, it's just a different beast. Yeah. And it's something that feels so private if you're doing it. Yeah. It's between you and the paper, you and your computer. <laughs> so I, I feel like a little bit, it's like uh, Nick jokes me mm-hmm. this sort of relationship to music that, you know, was, I remember talking about this during the food play, but like, I, I think he sort of discovered that relationship, like a, a lot of his relationship to music was like kind of for himself for the longest time until it became something that he could share. And then he did it and everybody's like, that's crazy. You yeah. are amazing. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, we can't all be nature, so let's be honest. I mean, we all wish we were. We all wish we were. <laughs> 100%. Um, is there anything that's happened, I don't know, recently that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? Something you've learned or overcome? Oh or So, for the longest time, I think I had gotten into this space of, as an actor, you sort of, and after you graduate, and you think the key to get work is to get somebody who's behind you in your corner and sending you out doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have that, and then you have your first, like, sort of bad or not bad, or sometimes bad, you know, experience with that. And, you know, there's always this voice in the back of your mind that said, if I can just get somebody, if I can just get somebody to, to, to send me out and do this. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, even when I, when I booked Drunk Shakespeare, I was like, this this is great because I can have some people come see it and it's going to be you know fantastic and get right. some of the And in the last few months, and I've had like you know, and I have representation now, but I, it's funny. Like I, I feel like I've let go of that need to have somebody there, hmm. you know, because a lot of the work that I end up doing and a lot of the things are things that I've gone out and sort of made those opportunities. And I think that's what you have to do. The the manager that I work with is very big on sort of owning the the opportunities yourself, that nobody really makes those opportunities, that you have to go out and find those opportunities for yourself. And, you know, it's it's never, it's like that point. full circle, right? (laughs) So it's like that point A and point B, right? You think point A is get an agent, point B is get a job. And it's not like that. Right. It's not like that at all, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I I think I'm finally at a place where I just know that in, in order to, you know, make that journey for myself, that's something. And And I'll tell you what did it. Um, you know, I, I've been inviting people to come see this work and to share this work, and, you know, the reactions have been you know, nice and great, and, and mm-hmm. people are very supportive and everything like that. But to know that sometimes that translates into, yeah, come in for this thing, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, but that's okay. And I thought, I guess, I thought that I would feel a lot more, I don't know, let down by that, but I, I don't in a way, you know, in, 
maybe yeah. it's just because I, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of in the driver's seat instead of expecting that, you know, somebody, like, I'm going to hop in an Uber, like, you're just going to take me on the ride. Right. And, you know, I'll get out and we'll make each other some money. It's You know, it's yeah. like... Yeah. That's great. I am going to learn from you on that one. I mean, I, look, <laughs> I say this now, and this no, is it's something that, though. Uh, it's, it's not easy. And it's not easy, certainly, when you don't have somebody who's in your... Yeah, but I think you're right. I think f- it's easy to focus on that as to that's going to be the key that's going to help you so much, which it might, but how much energy you're wasting focusing on that when you right. could be focusing on... And that crappy thing is that the more energy that you put into it, the more attractive you are to, you know, agent A or whoever, right. because they know that you're you're working hard to, to do that. And to- that's something that I... I I have a really hard time promoting myself. Yeah. And I feel like a lot in this business, you have to be a promoter of yourself and your work. Yeah, that's hard. I feel, you know, it, I think it goes back to that feeling of like, I'm, I'm this, you know, sham artist. And that to promote myself is promoting this, you know, fake product or something like that. And, and or that it's egotistical yeah, or exactly. narcissistic or something. Right, right. So... a struggle to tell yourself like just be okay with what where you are and what's going on yeah uh, it's not always gonna be you know soaring flying high and yeah okay i don't want to keep you too long i have two more quick questions okay. Excellent. um i mean not i don't say it <laughs> i love talking with you i love it's so nice to see you yeah. um so what are there any um, like things that you reach for when you're having one of those days where you're just feeling uninspired and you're really in the dark place? Like books that you find yourself going back to, music you always listen to, places you go, like things where you're like, okay, well, I I I feel like I can't do anything, but I can at least go for a run or something yeah. like you know. Yeah, um, haven't been doing as much running as I would like. I actually I like to run. Yeah. So, um, and that's something that has in the past given me sort of, you know, some, a lot of times if I'm working really late, like just getting the exercise of like taking the dog for a walk and like taking him for a really long walk and sort of having that time to myself. I'm, I listen to podcasts like Odie's Business mm-hmm. just because I really like the, you know, the sort of. I don't know, that talking in your ear and, like, that, that ability to sort of digest those, those great conversations for all the, you know, all the great, all the great podcasts. I was, I was a big NPR nerd when I was in uh, Philly and, like, commuting. Yeah. Well. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's a big thing. And I'll tell you this. I really find, um, I work with a business called Columbia doing, like, Linklater that's is, right. Yeah, that's sort of another, I guess, source of income that I kind of skipped over that relates to what I do. But uh-huh. um, that's actually, that's great because, it, it, you know, being able to sort of uh, do some vocal coaching, do some teaching artist work and stuff like that. For business people. For Yeah, mostly for business people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, we do, I'm working with, with the World Economic Forum in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. Um, we just did a group for uh, nonprofits, and 
so that's cool. The, is it like public speaking based? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot about sort of the link later work of you know finding that way to sort of get rid of all of the things that sabotage your your voice. Um, so so it is. I think it strays a little bit into that, but the approach is much more from a sense of, of uh, you know that, that an actor would take that you know. Okay. So uh, that stuff's been good. But it's great to be able to take that work and just. I mean, I, it's, it sounds silly, but to do that little basic check-in warm-up with yourself, um, which I tend to do, you know, pretty often. Like I'll do it sometimes before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and you know, when I and I believe when I go to an audition and stuff like that. And that actually tends to sort of, I don't know, it, it center me in a way that that I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I saw him at the Apple Store once. That was like my one sort of nerd out moment. Because uh, a lot of people, famous people come in there. And, well, yeah. I was going to say, it must be, it's kind of like some like Grand Central Station or something where everybody passes through the Apple yes. Store at one point or another. Yes, especially in those days where they launched the, like a new product. Right. Oh my God, it's a veritable parade of <laughs> uh, celebrities and stars. And I'm not the kind of person generally that gets Star Trek, but there That's is... so funny. Mm, there's just something about Everybody that. falls under the spell. Um, and also, do you have any recommendations of things you've seen lately that you want to give a shout-out to? It's so tough. Actually, been able to go out and see very much. Um, I am so incredibly mad at myself that I haven't gotten a chance to see the Lesser America. Show. Oh yeah, I think it's, it's closing, closing this weekend. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, that's what I heard. Hmm. I did see one of my classmates uh, who does uh, Kim Casberg does a lot of uh, like solo performance work and sort of. Devised work, and she had this piece uh, that ran for a, a few weeks uh, at, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, it's like this just a really amazing, very sort of funny, touching, hard, very, it felt very raw. And it's so cool to see that and see that kind of thing. I mean, look. I'm at some point going to stand in line and go see Shakespeare in the park at some, you know, at some point. Like, I might try to do it on Tuesday if you want to go. Oh, really? If I get tickets, I'll call you. Oh, my God, I really want to go. <laughs> I actually really want to see, uh, I really want to see, um... Taming of the Shrew? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Oh, my God, yeah. All right, well, I'll let you know if I get tickets Yay. on Tuesday, if you're free. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Any Anything else? It's so nice talking to you. Thank you for doing this and for doing it last minute. Yeah, my pleasure. Let's do another play together. Yes. All right. are coming soon please look for us on facebook in itunes i'd like to thank the following people for their generosity the compass cover art is by kim miller music by brendan spieth 
Audio assistance from Nick Choksi and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.